night when the moon is high. The shadows dance, evil will rise. The world between the living and the dead is deadly. So now is the time to let the horror you know in. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. I am Ian. I'm Trent. I'm Ian. And I am special guest, Austin. This guy's back again. What did you just call yourself a special guest? <laughs> Let me That's, cor- for <laughs> That's for us to decide. That's for us to decide. Yes, I wouldn't call you special. Let me correct. I'm the stray cat. He's here that one wandered time, in. And all of a sudden he feels like he can introduce himself. The nerve of this person. I have got to start locking that door. Yes. I've got a, got a lot to say. You, you know, know what I think we should do? On that note, <laughs> on that very, very disturbing note, we probably need some alcohol in our systems. Lord knows we haven't had any wait, yet. Wait, so we turn tonight. to our good friend and future sponsor, you Mr. Smokey. Are you talking about Old Smokey? <laughs> here's the cheers. Cheers. That. Here's to what? <laughs> He's like here's to <laughs> he just slams it. Uh, all the good nurses out there. <laughs> I was to say that before you drink. And good right? moonshine. I was so thrown off. I oh, know I couldn't help it. I was already in motion and I couldn't stop my hand. It's like idle hands. It does what it wants. So pumpkiny, it's delicious, isn't it? Is that what you no. tell the? Is that what you tell the judge? But it's all right. You don't like pumpkin pie? <laughs> I just couldn't guy. stop my hands. <laughs> it was already in motion. But don't you like the pumpkin spice beers and stuff? No, not really. You don't like pumpkin spice like anything? I'm not a big fan of pumpkin. Now, see, before Means was the only one that said that, that's so why I thought it'd be all right. Yeah, tonight. I don't remember. What about? Pu- I thought you just we said have you to imbi- We have to carry on his spirit since he's not here <laughs> with us. He's not dead that yeah. we know of. You like, you like pumpkin pie, though. No. What, try, man, you need to try a... Um, pumpkin El- roll's not bad. I've had a pumpkin roll. Ellen at our office made a pumpkin pound man. cake or pound pie. Why pound isn't cake? Ellen on this podcast right now? That's what like... What are you doing Pumpkin here? rolls like pretty much pumpkin pie rolled up. <laughs> no, dude. Oh, she, okay. No. Well, then I might like uh, <laughs> It's pounded cake, man. It was... It's so delicious. Well, that sounds so sexual. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like not the time for pumpkin. We're into January now. We're... Actually, no. If you're listening to this, it's probably February now. Spoiler alert. We do record ahead of time. Spring into the new year. When you're the whore you know podcast, it's always the season for pumpkin strength. It's true. (laughs) Check and mate. Okay. (laughs) Nothing I can answer to that. So, tonight, we are here to talk about two people in particular. Who... Are we here to talk about being a good nurse, Amy Lawfren? The other being not such a good nurse, Charles Cullen. The good nurse. Yeah. But shout out to all the good nurses out there though. Shout out to the great nurses out yeah. there. We appreciate yeah. you. You're the real heroes. Especially through COVID, man. It's been a lot of, lot of stuff, man. It's it's proof that not nurses. all heroes wear capes, sometimes they just wear scrubs. Mm. Ain't got no scrubs. <laughs> I want no scrubs. I don't want no scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> What is a scrub, anyway? A scrub. scrub is a guy that thinks he's fine. He can't get no love from him. He's, he's also known as a busta. Usually oh, no. hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Now I know. Thank you, guys. The horror, <laughs> you know. Right. So, for the yeah. record, one, I don't know. I don't want your number. No. <laughs> yeah. Also, in case you didn't know, no. <laughs> Pigeons. Jesus. We don't do none of that shit here. 
Good luck editing this episode. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you lost me on that one. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear this story. I think this is a fascinating story. It's it another is. true crime story, yeah. for sure. So it's true crime, but there is also a really... Uh, I'm going to save that judgment. I'm just going to say there's a movie on Netflix. If oh. you haven't seen it and you're here... <clears throat> Just because you enjoy the story. Well, we're going to talk about the movie too, aren't we? Yeah. I'm just going to say there. Go back and watch it and then come back and join us. Heck yeah, man. But uh, when I first heard about this story, one of our listeners had actually told me that I should look into it and we should do an episode on it. So when he was first giving me the gist of the story, I thought it was about somebody else I'd seen on an episode of Forensic Files, actually. Have you all ever heard of Janine Jones? Ooh. Oh, Janine? Janine. Sweet Janine, man. Janine. <laughs> no, nah, I haven't heard of her. Janine Jones is an American serial killer as well. She is responsible for the deaths of up to 60 infants and children in her care. Yep, as a licensed vocational nurse. She worked in a pediatric ward. Yeah, that's almost somehow worse. And uh, yeah, oh definitely, yeah definitely. She was active as a nurse uh, from the 1970s all the way up until the 1980s. And it wasn't until 1984 that she was caught for her crimes. And just like the man we're about to talk about, she injected these infants with insulin shots in between their toes. And then she would fill the vials back up with water. And so nobody ever knew for the longest time. It's crazy, man. Yeah. That's awful. Thanks for bringing us down. But yeah, just to go ahead and start. Buzzkill. Buzz yeah. <laughs> More of a buzzkill than, buzz, than buzzkilling. Buzz buzz <laughs> this whole story is a buzzkill, really, because if you can't trust the people who are supposed to provide you with medical care when you're at your lowest and most vulnerable, like that's, physical point, that's who can thinking. you trust? Yeah, this is like. I have serial. an answer for that. I trust Trent. <clears throat> serial killers are scary, no doubt. Yeah. Like the thought of getting killed, but like this serial killer in particular, I feel like is very scary for Absolutely. that reason. Very disturbing. Disturbing, effed up, like, yeah. Because if you ever have to stay a night in the hospital for anything, at some point you're probably going to fall asleep, and it's scary to think that somebody could just come in and well, you're put hooked something up to in your IV, that, you don't yeah, even know. You're it. hooked up to all that shit. You don't know what they're doing or what mm-hmm. they're putting in you. I mean, you're, that's, in a, you're in a vulnerable state, man. You're in, like, you're trusting position. Like, you're supposed and to I don't know about you all. Know. I'm not, the, like, the biggest, like, I don't go to doctors real often. I'm trying to be better about it because I'm getting older, but like yeah, that freaks I me know. out. What is that thing growing off of your shoulder <laughs> it's over there? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely gonna need you to go for your checkups at least every six months. No, You've I, I try to do that for the past six months, Trent. <laughs> I You're becoming an old man now. You I try, yeah, I either know. get it removed or climb a bell tower already. <laughs> I do need to go soon. I haven't been in like probably a couple years. And you like, got children's now, so. But it's scary to think about because it's like they could they could look me in the eye, a doctor could, and be like, "Well, we're gonna give you." You know, 50 cc's of little, 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 and I'd be like, okay, sure, whatever you say, doc. 15 cc's of epinephrine? They could mm. make up shit, and I would be like, I would have no idea what they're talking about. I know that because Dr. House says it on every other episode. <laughs> Stat. So. All right. Yeah. Very scary. Very disturbing yeah. story. So I want to start off by telling you all a little bit about the two main characters. There's There's a lot of people involved in this story, but. We'll just go ahead and get into a little bit of info about the main characters. First being Amy Lawford, as I mentioned. She is now an American Reiki master. Do you all know what that is? You say what? Reiki master? Reiki master. Is it like a martial arts form? It sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> Reiki. Or like a... Like psychology? 
Uh, I guess it's could it's be a, something like that. It's a term of like uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say meditation, but like uh, spirituality. Nah, no, um, what's that word? I don't know. You guys are in the right ballpark. Like uh, oh. you, does it involve touching? It does involve touching. Like uh, massaging. Like uh, <laughs> oh, I've please got, help me. I've got a Vegas massage story. Tell us, yeah, like, tell us. <laughs> Not acupuncture. It's like you have the notes right in front of you. Just yeah, tell us. I was just trying to see what you all knew so far. Uh, I'm Basically, close, right? yeah, you're close. You're in the right ballpark. Basically, a Reiki master is a Japanese form of energy healing and okay. a type of alternative medicine. Reiki practitioners use a technique called palm healing or hands-on healing. Palm which, healing. That's yeah, what I couldn't think of. Through which a universal energy is said to be transferred through the palms of a practitioner to the patient in order some, to encourage emotional or physical healing. I've done some palm healing a day or two in my life. Hey, I keep, bet you have. Clean, please. That's why you never have pants on in this apartment. you damn right. Goodness, <laughs> goodness, man. Amy is a former registered nurse, and she is famous for assisting in the arrest and prosecution of serial killer and former friend Charles Cullen. Prior to his arrest, Cullen and Lofton were friends and both worked nights in the ICU at Somerset Medical Center in Somerville, New Jersey. Lofton was a single mother of two daughters and she was hiding her cardiomyopathy from her employers. She was able to hide her condition for months with the help of the only person she confided in, Charles Cullen. 2003, Lawfram was approached by detectives who suspected Colin of foul play in the hospital. The case that drew law enforcement's interest was Florian Gall. He was also a priest. I'm sure you all know that if you watch the documentary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gall's condition had been improving before he suddenly died of a massive heart attack. Further investigations showed that he had been administered uh, digoxin which was not on his list of prescribed medications. Given in small doses, digoxin can improve heart function, but the amount of gall received was extremely lethal. After consulting with her 11-year-old daughter, which I'll talk a little bit more about later, Lawford agreed to assist law enforcement in their investigation. So that's a little bit about Amy Lawford. Sweet Amy. Amy is really sweet. She's a hero. Swing out, man. She's a hero. She's a hero, man. Was um, real quick, Reverend Gall. Was he the a patient at Somerset, or was All he a patient at Gull. another hospital? Somerset. He was okay. Because mm-hmm. I know that this Colin guy, he worked at many different hospitals. So I, yeah, I, I wanted to make clear where. Yeah. Where this was. Okay. We're getting that a little bit later, too, but he worked at a total of nine hospitals nine. and which is one crazy. nursing home over a span of 16 years. That, which is crazy. Yeah, for you... somebody that had trouble everywhere they went. Yeah. Not to mention the uh, troubling things that were in his backstory as a kid. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that, too. <laughs> so a little bit about Charles Collin. Nicknamed the Angel of Death. He would like to be thought of as an angel of mercy, though, but no. Too bad. Yeah. It's said that at a young age, he began torturing animals and was even accused of poisoning the family pet. He also checked himself into a psychiatric hospital at one point in his life. Colin, who later became an ICU nurse, murdered dozens and possibly hundreds of patients during his 16-year career working in New Jersey medical centers. He was thought to be one of the best by his colleagues and continued to work as a nurse jumping from hospital to hospital. 
until being arrested in 2003. He confessed to committing as many as 40 murders. 29 have been confirmed, but it's suspected that he is responsible for at least 400 patient deaths at numerous medical centers. 400. Making him easily one of America's most prolific serial killers. If indeed he did 400. At least. But that is insane to think about. Yeah. That if, if he is responsible for 400 deaths, that's a lot of sweeping shit under the rug. So I get like, like what you said, Trent, earlier about the whole, like, uh, you know, the nine hospital thing. I, I understand. I try to understand the reasoning behind the hospitals, like sweeping shit under the rug. But at the same time, like, I don't care. Like if your hospital is going under, you got to do the right thing here, right? Like you can't let all these fucking people die like that. I have some pretty strong opinions about that. I don't know about if the hospital coverage. Yeah, and I was gonna save it for later. I don't know if you talk about that later in your notes or not. But yeah, I, I we, agree we are with what touch Ian on is that, uh, getting at here. Not too long, actually. We'll be getting there, but yeah, we should definitely talk more about that. But we'll get into the uh, heart of the story now. So Amy Lawford lived with her two daughters and suffered from cardiomyopathy. She's a heart disease that makes it difficult for the heart to pump blood to the rest of the body. Just like in the movie, Amy found it difficult to manage her work stress as she had to work late night in the intensive care shifts. Amy and Charles' friendship took off when Charles found Amy gasping for breath one night. This is when Amy confided in him, and then he offered to help her until she got health insurance. These events took place in real life almost exactly as they were described in the film. Later, in order to keep his promise made, Charles helped Amy by stealing medicines from the Pixis med station, using a loophole he had discovered in the system. The fact that Charles knew how to cheat the med station proved to be a very important detail to Amy later, as she, didn't, as she then knew it was possible to withdraw medicines without leaving a solid trace. So, in the movie, this is another... Like, a lot of the movie, I will tell you all, was very accurate to the real story, like... Yes. Everything I was able to read about what really happened was pretty close to what the movie did. Agreed. But mm-hmm. uh, one thing that was different was that Charles in the movie was close to Amy's children. It but almost made it seem like they were almost dating in the movie. It seemed like there could have been a possible love interest. You oh, get that? between... Not the children, you sick fuck. It's the way he said the children. You were like, it's almost like they were dating. No. Amy and Charles. I'm with you. Okay, I agree, because he was there constantly. But they never said it, so it was more implied. And like, when she was at work, when she'd come home, like, he'd already be there sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. but they, you know, close friends, you know, they could still. I never got the the feeling that, like, they could have been like dating or like there was even any love interest from Amy, but I definitely felt like Charles wanted in, something like that. In, in real the, life? In, or in the, the movie. movie. 3 a.m. must be lonely. Yeah. <sighs> something like she that. She says, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, guys and girls could be friends without dating. They could be close friends. It's true. I don't believe that, actually. Uh, Austin awesome doesn't believe that, but. <laughs> Men and women can't just be friends. <laughs> for the record. Damn. We don't honestly believe that. Yeah. Uh, we probably won't touch on that. Why? Why not? So, (laughs) in the movie, he got close to the daughters. Because you can't. (laughs) 
I have female friends. I just don't talk about them. <laughs> what? That's, that's even weirder. I just don't, I don't know don't who they are. talk about y'all to everybody either. Why is that weird? Just because they're You've females. mentioned us before. That I is weird. Why don't you talk about us to Yeah, why don't you, know? you talk about us to people? I don't know. You wear the horror you know on your chest, but you don't go talk about us? <laughs> no, like I meet somebody and I'm like, you know what? I got these friends named Ian and Trent. Let me tell you all about them. You talk about our when you first all meet somebody. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> what about me? I'd say when you first meet somebody. Well, you act else? like I've just met you. I've known you for years. I was going to say, anybody else that I already know most likely knows you too already. So, in real life, I don't know if I like that or not, I don't feel bad either. In real life, Charles was never introduced to Amy's children. That's where we were getting at with it. Okay, you it was create some drama for yeah, the movie. You know, exactly. Show, it was only done the in the movie in order to establish how close that the two friends had become. Charles had become a close friend of Amy's before she discovered the horrible truth behind seemingly behind the seemingly committed medical professional. Amy has admitted to being close friends with Charles Cohen, who was once a support system for her. She has admitted to confiding in the man and adoring him before she discovered his true self. So another deviation from the film is how Amy discovers Charles Cohen's crimes in reality. In the movie, Amy remained blind to her colleague's actions long before she was finally convinced that Charles was indeed responsible for the sudden deaths taking place. In fact, it's seen in the film that Amy chose to swear by Charles' innocence when Detective questioned her for the first time. They were investigating the death of Miss Martinez, who was believed to be the first victim of Charles at Parkfield. It's important to know that that was just for the movie. Miss Martinez, as well as... Parkfield are both fictional just for the movies, but they're based on I figured most patients of, and facility. Most of the victims from the movie, I think, were probably made up to yeah, probably cover for the real victims. Right. Because the director said even though we want to tell the story as close as possible, you have to worry <coughs> about people who are closely affected by the story seeing it. And Miss Martinez, the pregnant woman, you yeah, know. So yeah, yeah, those are all fake people. Yeah, it's just movie, it's all but. about respect. Um in the film, it also takes Amy some time to uh, before she is convinced that Charles might be guilty. But according to the book and real events that the film is based on, Amy became suspicious of her colleague's actions when she looked over Charles's charts. Full of errors, the charts contained spelling errors and misreported information. More importantly, the system through which Amy accessed Charles's records showed unusual activity on his part, as he spent a lot of time looking at records of patients who were not assigned to him. I have a question. It's not suspicious at all. Raise your hand. Yes, sir. Do you know when exactly this was that she kind of noticed this and became suspicious? Because uh, I believe it was right after she was first questioned by detectives. I was going to say, the documentary made it seem like she was totally like on his side until that interview with the detectives and then mm -hmm. she saw the paperwork. Is that kind of the same time frame? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I believe that's, that's about the same. <coughs> so... Uh, Another huge piece of information that she found was the unusual combination of drugs that Charles was ordering. Mm. A lot of them were lethal to, uh, obviously lethal to patients who weren't prescribed these medications. I like uh, that you said that, obviously lethal. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> the list of drugs observed by Amy, including medicines given to patients in the cardiac unit, even though Colin were specifically in the intensive care unit. It wouldn't be long after this when Amy walked in on Charles. Uh, he was giving another injection to a patient. Uh, this time it wasn't digoxin or insulin. 
I don't remember what the documentary said it was, but it was like lidocaine. Is yeah, that right? something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I'm pretty sure it was uh, lidocaine. Which yeah. I have no earthly idea what that is, but I think that was the medication. <laughs> yeah, but that patient died shortly after that, and he should have been stopped then. But Amy took the blame for the well, she did air quotes mistake. She didn't like think about it at the time, right? It right. only occurred to her later that what what was happening once she knew what was because the patient was deathly allergic to lidocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like she was starting to see the signs at this point, but she was still like in denial. So yeah, it's like so she she saw it, but she didn't like put two and two together yet, right. pretty much, which is sad. But yeah. well, it's her friend, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you don't want to think that about your friend. You want to think they're doing their job and well, doing everything they can. And it wasn't just her either. Like a lot of his colleagues <laughs> thought he was one of the best. He was. I don't, I don't know if he was employee of the month, but. Well, he made, he was he was a <clears throat> he got in that magazine, right? Yeah, was. before people actually knew what he was doing, like he was viewed as a really I mean, good I, nurse. I know he's your friend, and you don't probably think about these things, but at a certain point, does does she know that he's been to like eight other hospitals at this point? Like, I mean, Mm-mm. she didn't know. Nope. I feel like if you knew that information, that would be something that would like raise an alarm in your head. Like, she wait, why have it. you been to so many other hospitals? Like, not only did she not know that at this point but also like the other hospitals where you worked at they were giving him like good background checks that's true which we'll yeah we'll comment on that oh, yeah. shortly yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk more into about that, that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so she took the blame for the so called mistake but at this point Amy is pretty much completely convinced that Charles is involved in these other suspicious deaths she eventually uh, talks things over with her 11-year-old daughter, she tells her about her condition. She tells her that there's somebody that's hurting people and she has a chance to help. And her daughter tells her, if we have a chance to stop more people from getting hurt, we have to do it. So the first step in stopping Colin was to get him away from any and all patients. So the detectives in their investigation found a discrepancy in his application, just like in the movie. And it was enough to warrant his firing from Somerset Medical. So that was how they got him away from the patients. Wait, the detectives discovered that? Mm Mm-hmm. They detected it. Yeah, you watched the documentary, right? I did, but I was at work and I was kind of half paying attention. In the movie, the hospital discovers it, but in real life, the detectives discovered it. See, in the movie... They made it seem like the hospital used that as an excuse to fire him because mm-hmm. they knew what he was doing, but they didn't want to admit to it. So they kind of BS'd another reason to fire him. Yeah. Kicked the problem down the road, man. Yeah, but pretty much in real life, like the hospital didn't even want to admit to one of their employees doing anything wrong. Interesting. Because yeah. I feel like that would open the hospital up for a lawsuit, like a big lawsuit. And like, uh, if very that's much like, would, yeah. like, well, that's like what they were financial. Like, yeah. that's what they were saying. They were saying if they were to get sued, or if the word got out that a, even if they still work there or fired, regardless, if the word got out that a nurse that was working there was doing these type of things, it would deter people from going to that hospital. They would be willing to drive 
to another city to go to another hospital and they would lose money. All about and money. And they would lose staff and they would lose the hospital, essentially. All about money. All the above. <clears throat> yeah. And one hospital was even trying to get funding to build a new hospital, weren't they? Yep. That was, that they was a big part of that. didn't want to that. Yeah. That was a big part of the motivation because they had any like, pending lawsuits or anything and they couldn't mm. get that money. Yep, exactly. To build the hospital. Craziness. Yeah. And All then, about like, money. Over people's lives. Also something that hit me hard, like... On the documentary, do y'all remember that nurse? And she's talking about how after the case was over, like one of the first patients she took care of was an old woman, and she was like, "You're not gonna let anybody kill me like um, like Charles Collin did while I'm well, in you're here." You're like right? notorious at that point. That and would she, be kind of scary. Yeah, she was <laughs> like, "I just had to walk away at that moment. I went to another room and I just cried because she's like, it just hurt me so much." Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> so I'm curious in real life if like. Like each hospital that he was employed at, did they call the previous hospital for like a reference, or no. like was it where they called and then they just kind of gave him a BS answer, like why they were fired? The, you know what I'm saying? Like, up until this investigation at Somerset, like all the hospitals that he worked at before, because they were trying to cover it up, they all gave him good like background checks and good references. So there were people calling to do employee history, but they were getting fed false information. That's wild to me. I see. Yeah. yeah, at one point, like I don't see why you couldn't just be like, you make up some bullshit. Be like, oh, he was just really unreliable, and yeah, he was just, just kind of like, please he, don't hire him. Please. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Please. Just overall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have like finagled an answer, like, uh, yeah, like he's a good guy, but I, I don't think he's dependable. Like, yeah, like time card show, like he shows up on time and he, 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 he leaves on time, but. Yeah, when he's here, like he's just very detached from from his work. Like I, I, you I, and I, me. I would never hire him back. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could have done that, and then boom. Well, you know how like <laughs> lawyers are and stuff. They want you to give the most clear cut, cookie cutter answer you can probably possibly give. I personally don't know that. Mm. Yeah. Just, just, just need to watch more Law and Order. At that point, that's though, it could okay. also be a question <laughs> Shout of out to like Dick Wolf. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you that they should have done something to deter him from getting hired at other places but mm-hmm. then it, you could also argue it the other way and be like because I don't know how long he was at each hospital but say he was there for like you know four years at one of them then someone could be like well if he was that bad of an employee why was he there for so long kind of thing like you know I'm not trying to defend it but I'm just saying but like, you can't yeah. you can't just fire somebody unjustly but you could also say that they weren't a model employee while they were there yeah be like yeah he didn't do enough to like warrant a firing but at the same time I wouldn't hire him back but from the sound of it he did everything else right like I mean obviously he was doing this and he was in stations he wasn't assigned to but like but what I'm saying is lie (laughs) you're you're saying they should have lied yeah they're lying now aren't they (laughs) they are lie the other direction yeah lie in the other direction you're okay with lying to save your hospital but you're not okay with lying to save lives love the way you lie (laughs) And then, just gonna stand there. <laughs> I guess in a way you could say <laughs> like, because like I said, a lot of people that he worked with at every hospital said that he was actually a really good nurse because they didn't know the darker shit that was going on. So he childhood pets, though. I mean, I guess in a way you could kind of say the hospitals were like telling the truth, just omitting information. Like he was know. a really good nurse, as far as we know, but there's a lot of suspicious deaths around. No, besides the murders, yeah. I don't but, agree with it, but I kind of agree with what you said that. The hospitals are going to do everything they can to make themselves look as good as possible and distance themselves as much as possible from the crap that really happened. If you were going to yeah. fire, if you were going to fire the dude though, like, and you were like suspicious of him doing that, there needs to be more of an investment. I know it like opens yourself up to lawsuits and stuff, but like, man, well, that's just like a morally like you got to just do that's it. That's what I'm man. saying. Yeah. Like, you got to do the right thing here. Like, I know that your hospital is like going to lose money or whatever, but would they though? Like, 
I don't know. I, I, I know it's kind of a great area. I know it's easy for me to say because I'm not in that position, but I mean, Amy was willing to risk it all, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think, like, even in situations like hospitals, there's still a lot of politics involved. So. Oh, absolutely. Anytime there's a lot of money involved, there's going to be crooked motherfuckers. Root of all evil. So, yeah, at this point, Amy's convinced. And she talks to her daughter. Her daughter tells her, yeah, if we got a chance to stop somebody, to hurting somebody, we got to do it. So she agrees to help with the investigation. And as part of the investigation, she uh, she met, she agrees to meet with him at a, at a diner wearing a wire. And she had just had a pacemaker installed, so police actually didn't want her to wear the wire, but she insisted because she knew that it was something that she had to do even though she didn't know how the wire would affect her heart. You know why? Because she's a badass. That, because that's what heroes do. <laughs> that's, what... <clears throat> that's a direct quote from Thor. That's direct. <clears throat> and she actually did wear the wire in real life and the movie. I actually looked at yeah. that, looked that up, so like, yeah. that's actually... Yeah, because in real life, like, you got to think about how long it was, too. Like, there was the big-ass box taped her back, and she was freaking out because she was like, this was the first time that he ever wanted to hug me. So, yeah, you might be thinking he's trying to feel for a while. (laughs) Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. No, we never hugged before, but on this day, Mm. we're going to start. Fuck is this? (laughs) You got Uh, a shoebox back here on your back? (laughs) Little scolios. God. <laughs> it's my uh, it's my automatic insulin injector. You know all about that, don't you? Injecting people with insulin. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought he was talking <laughs> to you. I thought he was saying <laughs> you did. Oh, yes. Just to turn into Jimmy Stewart over there. During her meeting with Colin at the diner, he did not directly admit to the murders, but he said that he wouldn't go down without a fight. That's obviously not the kind of reply you, you expect. somebody without telling yeah. me you killed somebody. <laughs> not the reply you expect. From I'm not saying I man. killed anybody, but I ain't going down without a fight. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'll tell you right now. I ain't going down without a fight. <laughs> I'm not saying I did it, though. <laughs> going down, I, uh, down to tra- the sun comes tra- up. Tra- tra- <laughs> Charles, I think what you meant to say was no. <laughs> Just say no. I didn't say that. So I ain't going down without a fight. R- right, right. No. Can, no, I, buy I, a Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> So that meeting, uh, him saying stuff like that, along with other things, and then just like the overwhelming amount of suspicion was enough for police to go ahead and intervene and arrest him shortly after the diner incident. Uh, So he's taken into custody, and then later, as we all know, Amy was able to sit down with him and have a close conversation between two friends, pretty much, and... She convinced him to make a full confession, which at the time supported his convictions for 29 murders. We now know that 29 is just a number confirmed, but further investigation would lead to believe that there were many, many more. Many more. Many more. Many, many. Amy struggled with the fact that her friend was a serial killer and she felt guilt in her role of apprehending him. Like, even though she knows he's guilty at this point, I guess just the fact of putting your friend away for life. Like, yeah. Oh, I could do it to you real quick. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I support that. <laughs> I probably deserve it. So I, I did read that. Um, so in the movie that it um, 
portrays like her after he's arrested, like her, like, you know, talking to him and trying to get a confession and different things. But um, I read one article that said that um, like after he got arrested, that she, he pretty much cut ties from her. After he found out she was an informant, he pretty much like quit talking to her. And like the detect- detectives were actually the ones who got that information as far as the confessions. But, um, well, this at this point, this conversation, he didn't know that she was like wearing a wire. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is like right after his arrest. Right after, this is right yeah. before the hug. <clears throat> right. right after right the, hug. the what? The hug. Oh. The hug her around the world. <laughs> right Start of the revolution. Fuck, is this shit back here? <laughs> <laughs> so Amy, she had felt bad in the role in apprehending her friend. Uh, she even at one point risked her own livelihood by printing off documents for detectives Braun and Baldwin after Somerset Medical refused to provide the information. Colin claimed to commit the murders out of mercy, but he was really just a cold-blooded killer. During his trial, Colin refused to look at anybody in the courtroom. He also never apologized to anyone and showed no emotion or signs of remorse. Nicknamed the Angel of Death, Charles Cullen is currently serving 18 consecutive life sentences in New Jersey State Prison. He is not eligible for parole until when? It was like 24 20, something. 2403. 2403. Good job. There you go. 2403. AKA <clears throat> 400 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Hang in there, buddy. You'll be eligible for parole. <laughs> Gosh. Dang. Anytime now. I'm getting out of this place. You mark you mark the day. Mark yeah. my words. 2403. Wow. Oh, no. Now, here's where we can start talking about the hospitals a little bit more. Because even though Charles Collin is the killer in this case, he is not the only one who is at fault here. The hospitals he had worked at were all complicit in covering up the suspicious deaths, which allowed Collin to continuously be employed. Uh, the New Jersey Poison Control Center even spent months trying to convince Somerset Medical to get police involved, which they refused to do until completing their own half-assed internal investigation. So, did you mention yet, and maybe you haven't or maybe you will, who actually got the police, like what tipped off the police finally with the Somerset stuff? Uh, <clears throat> it was the... Gall murder, murder, I do believe, and uh, one of his relatives actually going to the prosecutor's office okay, and pushing the issue. Because I watched the documentary, <clears throat> but I cannot remember what the specific thing was that got them involved. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know... I want to say were... it was uh, Reverend Gall's sister. Okay. Because I know there were a lot of patients that were, like, getting better that ended up coding and dying because of mm-hmm. them, and you would have thought that you know at some point it would have raised suspicion and i think they, they exhumed a body didn't they like, like they took a like they were checked out a body like then like an autopsy on it and stuff and yeah yeah it was gall's body Wasn't, i believe yeah because they went to go visit his sister and mm-hmm. she was like really i just kind of wanted to be left alone but also i gotta know so yeah, yeah you definitely have had all that di- dijoxin <laughs> in his system yep but did you say how he was actually doing the poisoning uh, I don't think I said so yet. Okay, my bad. I just, I'm, I'm trying to gather all the info. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it was intravenous injections, which. Well, like uh, the IV bags, too, right? Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. <clears throat> sorry, obviously. I'm just a <laughs> also, known as, the also known as. Also known as. 
Well, I'm saying good. like no, but I'm saying like he actually went and did that to all the bags that were in like storage. He didn't just go to every. I mean, he probably did go to some people. He, oh yeah, yeah, he did. He did that in be, somebody's before, room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he Sometimes, also he did it sometimes in their room. But yeah, you're right. Where they yeah. keep the IV bags is what you're saying. So that's why I think that's where the number could be up in the hundreds because there's probably tons of bags that he infected that people, yeah. not him, but other nurses went and took and yeah. injected these IV bags into and people. I, I think no, that was something that started too, like because I think he was actually injecting them at first, like just with needles. Right. Because you remember the one lady from the documentary. Stuck where, it in the leg. Yeah, and she's like, ouch. And then yeah. her brother goes running in there. So And no one believed him. Yeah, so there's that. And then, like, if he's doing it into the bags like you were talking about, into the, like, where all of them are kept. Yeah. At that point, you got to think, like, he's not selecting victims at that point. He's, he's just leaving it a chance. Just doing it just to do it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which is even. Kind of like, but like, he's thinking, like, it's. It's still a power thing for him because he knows it's going to happen, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't know who it's going to happen to, but he knows it's going to happen. But his whole thing of mercy killing, like, that's BS at that point. Like, you're not mercy killing anybody. You're just killing people. It throws that out the window, but then he, like, tries to combat that by saying, oh, well, I knew everybody that was on the unit was in critical condition. And I hated seeing people hooked up to all those machines and suffering. Yeah, and it's like, okay, like, but... Just because you're in the ICU or just because you're hooked up to stuff doesn't mean you're like a dead man walking. Right. Like a lot of these people were getting better and dead were getting ready to be discharged. Yeah, like Reverend like, Golf, for example, he was making a full, complete recovery. Like you break your big toe and then they put you in the hospital. He's like, we ain't going to make it anyway. You got to put him down. <laughs> got to put him down. I and did I, him I, a favor. It's my dog, Paul. I'll do it's it. It's almost like it. he went into the nursing profession. Like nurses and doctors go in to heal people and help they get better and recover. He almost went in for like the opposite reasons. Like, Oh, well you're sick. Yeah. You know, you're in the hospital. You're, you're a goner. Let's just put you down. And then the, uh, the woman that he that killed cold. right after goal, she was like, damn near ready to be released and going to like physical therapy. Yeah. And he still killed her. So where's the mercy in that? Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does our podcast say to somebody like that? Fuck, Fuck that, that guy. guy. Mm, Seriously. I think he deserves two. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Austin, you're new here. You'll catch uh, That second one was for he, you, was, He was in there. <laughs> if we would have done it a third time, I'd have been right there with y'all. A third time, you said? <laughs> Wait, he Austin, deserves that. Austin, he didn't say it. Austin didn't say it? Austin didn't yeah. say it. But, but hold on, Fuck hold on. God oh, damn, I was going to say, the person that keeps driving over that grate while we're trying to record? Yeah. Fuck, Fuck that, that guy. guy. Fuck or girl. Damn, we're right. not... We don't describe the sexist. Yeah, we believe this man killed over that vehicle. 400 patients in medical centers. I think he deserves at least three fuck that guys. He might even get one more before it's over. I don't mm. know. I don't Maybe know how this is going to go. Only if, if I get was, another shot. If he was just like injecting the bags like that, yeah, there's no telling how many people he actually probably killed. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy because most serial killers, like it's like a to kill somebody, it's like a personal experience, man. Like they want to like see like the life leave their eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like. He is backing away slowly. No, but I'm saying like usually Don't like I want to see the light man. leave their eyes. <laughs> usually I'm saying like usually it's a personal experience and for like him you're speaking like, for personal experience, to be able right? to I agree with what you're saying though. Like there's like serial the killers. Thrill. The, the thrill thrill kill. killers, there's mass murderers. You know, this guy just it's very very impersonal, it. but like it's almost like a god complex. Like he wants to know that he has like power over these people. He doesn't care who it is at this point. Like, but he knows like he's got the power over them, and he, like he dictates like he if even they live says or die. in the movie. She says, "Why did you do it?" And he says, 
Nobody stopped me. <laughs> Nobody stopped me, dude. That's Which not a lie. Probably should have been quite a few people that stopped. Trying to yeah. stop me, Smee. <laughs> Sixteen mean, years. You would think even after like I don't know at least the second hospital, where there's suspicious deaths following him and the shifts that he worked, they might be like, well, we haven't been able to prove it, but there's a lot of suspicious activity well, we like, didn't like. It, even the one like in the documentary, <clears throat> the one friend, or maybe I'm thinking of the movie. I'm getting them mixed up. But someone was like. We we were having like two to three codes, what a day or a week? Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. That was the documentary. And then the, normally you'd maybe get significantly less. Well, obviously. it was in the movie too. Remember because the girl that she went to see in the diner, Pocket Rocket, uh, she 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 was uh, like, do you know what Charles Cullen? She's like, uh, he was okay, but like uh, we were having like. X amount of codes a week, and when we when he left, when he left, they stopped. it was like every other month. So yeah. the rumors were there, the suspicion yeah. was there, like, but yet when he was there, they happened. were they said they were having over half of their like normal number of yeah. codes they have. So how do was you not, not was there not security? I mean, security cameras at the time, or like what? I don't not in like people's rooms or in that area that you're talking about, like where they keep like the the IV bags or anything. The only thing that was really like working against him was that uh, per- Pixis Pixis machine but like even even did people not do enough autopsies like I would think autopsies would have come back and shown you would think a that too, too. But I don't think they do an autopsy if unless someone specifically requests it well I know yeah. but I mean you would think out of 16 years and X amount of people that died you would have thought there would have been at least a handful of but you, you gotta think the hospitals were handling their own internal oh, investigations. I'm sure they so. covered it all up. Just but like they, they don't want it to go that far. But are autopsies done way. by the hospital? I, I think it's requested by the family. I thought, or like, I don't think they do an autopsy unless it's like specifically like say, they only requested. do autopsies for suspicious deaths. But wouldn't it be suspicious if you can, go in for a, a hangnail and request an autopsy? I think depends on what the hospital tells the family. And they were trying to do everything they could to. But you're saying that the hospital was like, if I go in for, let's say. Uh, let's just say like I have the, uh, a really bad flu, which is a terrible example, and then I die, you think they were just like, oh, yeah, it's the flu that killed him. Or like if I go in there and uh, like if I go in there and uh, like I have broken ribs and my bag is one of the bags that gets in, infected and I die. How do you explain that? His ribs are so busted it killed him? Well, back okay. then they weren't under any legal obligation to explain it. Now they are because laws changed after that. But families that's can request asinine, autopsies, though, no matter yeah, what is. the death that's is. And no matter but how. that's what I'm saying, yeah. But that, and no family was like, I, I wait a minute, he broke his ribs and he that's died? That's what I say. I would have think. I would have thought some of them would Somebody. Out of one. 400, one, one or two families. Especially the families that had people that were recovering and yeah. about to be discharged. You know, I would have naturally been like, Yeah, well, what that's another good example. They were about to be discharged and all of a sudden he died. Yeah, but, Colin's you know, laws were literally created after this case for that just that such reason. Which, by the way, let's talk about how they named the law after him. I was like, don't give this Fuck man the fucking time of day. Yeah. Like, you should have called it something else. But I get, you know, what they're doing. Yeah, that is weird because usually when they do something like that, they'll name it after the victim. Don't give him the glory, not yeah. glory, but you know, don't don't name it after him. The recognition, so recognition, yeah. yeah. So at this point, uh, Colin, where we left off at, he's in custody now, and uh, Amy's talked to him, got him to give a whole confession, he's been to court and all that stuff, and as part of a plea agreement, (laughs) in order to avoid the death sentence, Colin agreed to assist law enforcement in identifying the other victims. 
He admitted to killing several other patients with intravenous medicine. There you go, Trent. Injecting insulin into IV bags. <laughs> All previous hospitals where he was employed suspected him, but none came forward, most likely due to the fear of legal action. Colin was employed by nine hospitals and one nursing home during his career. Prompted by the Colin case, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and 35 other states adopted new laws which encourage employers to give honest appraisals of workers' job performance. Also requires them to provide legal protections for reporting medical errors. The New Jersey laws in particular formed the model that other states would follow. Firstly, the 2004 Patient Safety Act increased hospitals' responsibility for reporting serious preventable adverse events. The 2005 Enhancement Act, a supplement to the Patient Safety Act, required hospitals to report certain details on their employees to the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs. It also mandated that complaints and disciplinary records relating to patient care be kept for at least seven years. And now's the time for you to touch on those laws that you want to talk about, Trent. I mean, I think that's touch them, Trent. Touch them. Go ahead. Touch the touch button. Him. Touch the button. I mean, those seem like common sense type of things. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy that it took something like that to make it a law. That that should be like. Yeah, it should have been say, there anyway. Unfortunately, my... it came around too late. It's just like uh, stalking laws. I don't know if y'all know that, but for a long time, there was no law against people stalking you. And so, therefore, nothing would happen until people would get hurt or worse. Then but now there's... One bastard that has to find the loophole. Yeah. I could stalk? Yeah. Who was stopping me? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm glad it's a law now, but, yeah, it's just crazy that, that you know, they took something like that to make it happen. Yeah. And it goes back to, like, what we said on this podcast before. Like, unfortunately, sometimes, a lot of times, actually, the law just doesn't do anything to help people until it's too late and then what really kills me is the whole poison control center telling somerset medical like uh you got a police matter on your hands <laughs> definitely somebody well, doing some shit around there. You need to get police involved. And they're like oh we appreciate your input <laughs> so we're gonna talk about the hospitals at all we're we gonna fuck that guy to those people the like the previous hospitals you worked at all of them because well, they the, all swept it under the rug. Fuck that guy. The, fuck those hospitals. The investigation into him didn't actually start until Somerset. And so, like, there's right. not a whole lot of details on what happened at the other hospitals. No, but we know they all swept it under the rug. Mm-hmm. We know they were all suspicious of him, and he got fired for a reason. And Absolutely. I mean, hospitals, let's be honest, they're a business. They're not really, they're in it to make money. They're not really in it to help people. Yeah. I mean, they are, but they aren't. Like, it's kind of that... They help people on the way to making money. It's all about money. And it's if like there's priori- anything that threatens yeah, their credibility... It's definitely prioritized, unfortunately. I or think somebody even said in that documentary, didn't they, that uh, once like the hospital started learning how much money they can make off medicine, like healthcare really started going downhill in America? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a there, there's given a, there. I think there's, a cure to, there's a cure to cancer out there, I think, personally. Yeah, I they probably got a bunch of shit. They won't yeah, let us healthcare just itself is. What's that red dot on Austin's chest right now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of healthcare, but it's. it's you might as well. That's what we're here for. This is what this story I is mean, about. I mean, it's not really about care. It's about money. It's it about <laughs> the business. I mean, yeah, any hospital, any hospital is all about treating you and helping you out until they find out, oh, you don't have insurance, you're out on your ass, or yeah, you know, something. That thing will fall. And plus, like, it's sad to sound. think about, but. 
Like yeah. I get on a political soapbox or anything, but like, <laughs> yeah, don't try to make money off me for my health. Give me the generic version. I don't give a fuck what it is. Hospitals don't care. Crazy. They don't care. You're not paying the bills. They don't care. And it's sad, but I mean. And before we get any angry comments from people, I just I want to specify. I'm talking purely about the administrative side of hospitals. I'm talking about the upper tier big wig types that run the hospitals. The doctors, the nurses, caretakers. I know you guys have devoted your lives to helping people and taking care of people. And I know you're all in it for the right reasons. I'm not talking about you guys. I have major respect for you. I'm talking only about the administrative side of things. There were there were signs though. I mean And this guy went through he nine like hospitals sixteen years. <laughs> he <laughs> got away with wow. it even though people knew they suspected, but I'm sure some of them knew what was going on. Oh yeah. Charles Cullen abused his um the family pets. And he also abused in 1993 the, his ex-wife's Yorkshire Terriers. <laughs> Yorkshire Terriers, not their dogs. They're Yorkshire Terriers. Are those the dogs that he's uh, accused of poisoning? It's like dog show winning dogs, right he, there. Yeah, because what I read, it just said he was accused of poisoning the family pet. But so, didn't say I mean, you pet, got, you guys know though. I mean, a lot of serial killers like. The first thing, like I mean, pets, dogs. Yep. You start small and work your way up. You start small and work your way up, man. You just there's just something about like just the like the power of it and just. So, do you think he went into the medical field because of that, or do you think he genuinely wanted to help people and be a nurse, and then that I, side of him still lived on, and that's I, what came. Through? I think from from the interviews I've seen on YouTube and things I've watched on him, I think he went into the medical field because. He understood that he would be like in a trusted position, and he would have vulnerable vulnerable that's pretty people. Elaborate. That's pretty. <sighs> it like, is, but I mean, it was also said that he was just like really fascinated with medicine and how it works. I mean, that's just. I said earlier, that's just scary. I mean, you think about other serial killers. We've talked about a lot on this podcast. I mean, where do most of the killings happen? Just like out in public somewhere, you know. This, though, you're in a hospital. You're literally at your most vulnerable, like you guys said earlier. You're trusting these other people. Like, your life is literally in their hands. And it's like, you have someone like that among them. Like, that's just freaky. Yeah. So, and I mean, he had a pretty rough childhood from what I've gathered. I think what his dad died before he was born, I think, and his mother shortly real, after. Real young, and then he lost his mom at a real young age. So, too. basically, as a child, he I mean, he was orphaned. I mean, I read where he was bullied Ooh, yeah. quite a bit. Say, like, didn't he say his things. mom was like his really like his only friend there for the a while? Mother death when, had a big effect on and him. And then when she died, he felt like he had no like outlet. Bruce like, no... Wayne was orphaned, too. He didn't become a murderer. He became <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Damn it. We have he choices. We quite the opposite. <laughs> Charles, just, Charles Cole and her Batman. It's that's right. also two options. <laughs> so that's that's why. Like, so I called I called Austin like three or four days ago, and I asked if he'd want to be a part of this. And I was like, we're going to be talking about Charles Cole, and uh, he's like, who? And I said, the nurse that killed the guy me. from Twilight. And then and that was your first reaction. <laughs> yeah. Austin actually said, "Are oh, you talking about the Angel of Death?" I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." I was like, "Are you are you guys fucking <laughs> pen pals?" Or? Uh, so, so he would prefer you to call him the Angel yeah, of Mercy. So. so well, hey, I call him piece of shit. Yeah, so I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure on who he was talking about. I didn't recognize the name at first, but I mean, when like the angel of death or like having like that, just the power, just like the ability of like you know whether someone lives or dies, like that's a high for like some people. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just kind of curious, like whether like I mean it's probably both, but like his childhood, like the way he was, you know, he grew up, like being bullied, not having parents. 
it was like a perfect storm of like just his background meets like maybe some red wires with some you know connected to some black wires up in the brain. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. But like that's why I'm torn on if this was like a lifelong festering like motivation for him or if this was just something man because i mean you don't just go become a nurse like that takes years of your life to become a nurse it had to been like an obsession and something he fantasized about thought about and you know he's finally in a position where like he could do it and get away with it yeah you know that's what i got got away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling kids For Amy's meddling daughter. Fucking You gotta think like everything that you guys are saying like is true because like Austin just touched on it for me. It was just uh the fact that he gets in this medical field and think about like how how simplistic the plan was. You walk in, you grab an IV, you take a thing of a you take a tube or needle, you poke a hole, you inject it, you take it out, the puncture is so small that it doesn't leak. Nobody noticed it. Yeah. Nobody detects it. You get away with what could be up to 400 cases of this shit. And, like, I agree with you on the whole power trip thing. And it's just like, well, who's going to stop me? Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. And that's the sad part. People did, but the people that should have gave a shit didn't. And, and, and they kind of enabled it. And honestly. every time he got away with it, it just gave him more and more confidence. Yeah, like, yeah, I could do this shit. Like I'm that dude. I mean, yeah, I am him. Well, I am him. It was <laughs> sick what he was doing, but it was me. also kind of genius the way he did it. Whoa, it also whoa, makes you wonder. Whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, genius. Whoa, whoa. It was. It makes you wonder though if he was. That's what I'm saying. Like long. the simplicity of the plan was like, oh, all I gotta do is go in and do this. It's not like a complex plan. Like it's not like your normal serial killer where you have to plan all this stuff out and you have to like. Like follow, stalk somebody for days and see the routine and their patterns and everything. You, just go you literally work. just you just go to work and you're just like, <laughs> oh, I'll just fucking inject this real quick. And yeah. I was gonna say it makes you wonder had he not confessed if he would even still be doing it because it didn't seem like the hospitals were gonna ever do anything about it. No, he could have put a stop. He could have just went to because he had another, he had another job ready. I thought he, up, right? I thought he was uh, quoted as he saying didn't. on the documentary that. He was glad that he got stopped because he'd probably still be doing it. He said there would have been more. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah, because who would have stopped him? The The cops would have had to let him go without a confession. And he had a job lined up and ready to start working. I don't know if it was another hospital or what it was, but he had another job after Somerset. So, yeah, he could have went on and he, killed uh, He applied to another facility after that. I don't know if he ever actually got hired. But I think I, he got arrested before he could start there. He definitely got arrested before he started, but I thought he was hired. I could be wrong on that. In the movie, he was. In the movie, in the movie when he went to meet her in the diner, he he was in scrubs and said he was on his because way to I'm, his well, new job. You're right, but I remember in the documentary now the detectives were kind of like racing against time because they thought he had another job and like, well, we got to stop this before yeah. he keeps going, basically. Yeah, that's when they decided to go ahead and arrest him, even though at that point they didn't have a whole lot of evidence because the wire actually cut out. While she was in the diner with him. The wire cut out, but they had the digoxin from Mr. Gall. That kind of was their yeah. reason to go get him, I think. And yeah. then then Amy, yeah, went and talked to him and got the confession yeah. out of him. Yeah, because so. at that point they knew they just had to get him off the streets. Man, and if you're comparing this dude to, like, other serial killers, man, I guess, like, the quantity might be there to compare him to, like, other, like, prolific serial killers. But, like, honestly, man, like, the way he <laughs> killed people, it's kind of, like... I don't know. It's kind of like a bitch mood. Like I don't know. Like I would You're prefer a, a serial, serial killer. I would prefer a serial killer. Like you know, if you get strangle somebody, like and you get a, all right, man. Like 
you know, I'm not vibing with you, but like, all right, I get, you know, whatever. <laughs> but like, I, I say, well, I say it was genius because of the fact that look, he went in there, you put some more hands on. He put the, more hands on killing the medicine in the IV bag, and then who knows how long the IV bag sits there for? It's actually given to the patient, like I don't know, days, maybe a week. And then once once the patient actually gets the IV bag, he's not even around that patient anywhere. So why is anyone going to think that he did it? There's probably people coding and dying from IV bags at hospitals that he had already gotten fired from. Yep. And moved on to the next one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they were that's like at one point, like they see him in the room, but a lot of people die. I think I think they even say in the docu- documentary, like a lot of hospitals are saying like. Yeah, but when such and such died, Edward uh, Edward Cullen, <laughs> Charles Cullen was you Edward did this. Hands. Charles Cullen was uh was nowhere near. Yeah, nowhere near <laughs> the basketball, the basketball, <laughs> the patient's room when this we, happened. We have two and joke, that's the genius of his bitchassery. Let's call it the bitchassery. <sighs> I just I hate it, man. Like I, I don't think he's on the Mount. Like I don't think he's nowhere anywhere near the Mount Rushmore of like serial killers. To be honest with you, the like, Mount Rushmore of serial killers. Yeah, like I just don't think he's up there, man. He's like, not your top five. You serious? Who's got more than allegedly four hundred? Bo- Even the twenty nine that he's man, it's been confirmed I, is a lot. Mount Rushmore, man. I'm throwing Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Wells it's up there. Dave, uh, Ian Wells, he's got to be in the mix. Obviously. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I just you would throw him in there, even though like I can't believe we're talking about a fucking Mount Rushmore serial killer. But I'm just saying, like you would throw him in there, even though what he did was very pussyfied, like mm-hmm. very impersonal, did, man. It just, was very like, he didn't do anything hands on. He was such a little bitch about it. He's just like Meh. I throw him in there don't because think- not only the number of victims, but the fact that. Pretty much all of his victims were defenseless. None of them were able to defend if he was Also, If he was a real man, though, he would have killed her, too. Think about this. Maybe it makes him more evil and sadistic that there wasn't that personal. Like, he just wanted to kill to kill. He didn't give a shit who you were. He didn't know you. He well, just, that's what I'm saying. He, he'd inject the bag. He didn't know who it was going that's to That's what I'm saying. Time. Don't you think that makes him more evil? He doesn't even care who <laughs> yeah, he's killing? I understand what you're saying, and yes, it does. But at the same time, what I'm saying is the fact that and I'm not glorifying... We're not glorifying anyone on this anybody. But I'm saying the level of respect I have for these guys for just going out and getting it done. Just (laughs) no getting their uh, hands dirty, just putting in the No, I'm just saying like like what what Edward Cullen did. No blood on the leash. What uh, Charles Cullen did, and I'm not saying we would, but that's something like anybody in this room could do that. Well, you'd have to go to nursing Could school. Or you'd have to go to <laughs> medical <laughs> school. Ian. Thought I was the serial killer. Just an, that's a, that's I'm just a, saying, like, what he did wasn't like an elaborate plan. Yeah, but like, like, yeah, it was. It was. I hate to say this, but it was smart because it was kind of a foolproof plan for the most part. If he would have stopped a long time ago, the dude wouldn't have got caught. Let's just be honest. He wouldn't have got caught if he would have knocked that shit off a long time ago and just stuck with like the first like 10 or whatever. And I know that's fucked up to say, and I'm sad to say that, but it is a stone cold fact. That man would, if he would have stopped when he did, nobody would have suspected he wouldn't have got caught. But he couldn't. But he couldn't stop himself. (laughs) More of the story is you've got other people that are, like, we talked about the Gainesville Ripper, who was going to people's houses, sitting outside of their houses of windows in the woods for hours, watching their patterns, finding out what they were doing, waiting for everybody to fall asleep and going in, and then bashing everybody's skull into death while they were sleeping. I mean, another pussyfied move, but at the same time, it's more hands-on. I'm not saying I respect it. 
I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it takes see, more. Ian wants to see a little blood. It takes more of an effort to do that shit and to get away with it for as long as they do. So it's all about effort. This uh, dude. Nursing, saying, school, nursing school takes a little bit of effort, though. Like, yeah, I'm not that, okay, but nursing school, yeah. That and being the only person in, like, all of New Jersey who figured out how to beat the Pixis system. He didn't really, he didn't beat, really it. beat it, though. Nobody investigated it. Well, why would and you? as soon as somebody thought about it, he got caught. He figured out system. the loophole, though, that he could take system. medicine out. And and why would you though. think about that loophole? Because no one else is killing patients. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he didn't necessarily get away with anything. It's just nobody was checking I it. Wonder. Because no cop would have thought to check that until until it was Do you think he up. was killing before he found the loophole? Or he found the loophole and he's like, oh, shit, man. Here we go. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, think had, he, I think he found the loophole. Yeah, he had to get the medicine somehow to do it. So Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, the animals, obviously. Unless like, you're talking about people. But like, what I'm saying is, like, he had the urge to kill people. I wonder if he wouldn't have found that loophole, would he have still like risked like getting Are caught? Are you saying would he have uh, turned into uh, your traditional yeah. serial killer? That's a good question. I, think I don't he think would've. he would have because he would have been more hands on with it. Yeah, and he's clearly a bitch. I think he would have, <laughs> but I think he would have got caught quicker because he still had the access to the medicine. He just didn't have a way of covering it up as easily. Yeah. So I think he still would have done it, but they would have caught on quicker. Uh, fuck that. Because people could have looked at the record and been like, why are you taking out this medicine for this patient? But because it was canceled, they didn't think anything of it, probably. And if Guns N' Roses taught us anything, all we need is a little patience. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Let's, uh, <laughs> Back on track. Let's go around the table. We'll start with our guest. Special guest. Austin Montgomery. Special Catch him guest. right quick. Montgomery. Yeah, it's Montgomery now. That's right. my middle name. But Sebastian. Sebastian. <laughs> Just want to go around the table real quick and get everybody's quick thoughts on the film. As compared to the true story. Yeah, I think, um, so, like, the next Netflix movie, I mean, it was pretty accurate. Um, there was a few. Austin's waiting for the sequel. The good nurse part deuce. <laughs> the better nurse. Um, <laughs> so, there was, there was a few variations, um, like, you know, real life versus the movie, but I thought, I, honestly, it was pretty pretty accurate for the most part, and I kind of liked how they did it, where they didn't, you know, a lot of a lot of times they, on those movies, like the portrayals, they go like, in the eyes of the the killer. But it was like, you know, it was her, you know, the friend. Yep. I'm spacing on her name right now. Got a few drinks. Of me. Amy Lawford. Amy. Amy. Yep. Sweet Amy. Sweet, Sweet Amy. Amy. <laughs> so it was through her eyes a little bit, and it didn't really give him a, a whole lot of backstory on him, which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, I kind of, you know, I was kind of hoping they give a little bit more backstory, but mm-hmm. just focusing on like the end, like the arrest and the last little murders or whatever. Um, but I, I thought it was, it was solid. I'd give it a seven and a half out of ten. That's decent. That's real decent. Trent, looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good overall. It wasn't bad. I it was a smidge on the slow side, but I thought the acting was really good by both. Sorry, Charles Cullen didn't murder patients fast enough. No, no, no. <laughs> For the face. love of God, man, get to the killing. <laughs> Can you just please kill someone? I thought the acting was good. I thought both Eddie Redmayne and uh, he's probably Justine. watching Titanic you too. Mean, like, just let the you, boat sink. Or are you talking about Newt? <laughs> Newt from those movies I haven't seen. Yes, you haven't uh, seen Fantastic Beasts. No, I haven't. No, so you don't know where to find. I haven't them. either. I don't know where to find. You're them. the only please one, so me. please. Yeah. <laughs> but after watching the documentary, I thought he embodied him well because he, he seemed like a very just kind of normal, quiet kind of guy. I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And even though it was a smidge slow, I thought it still had enough tense, thrilling parts to it. And I respect, like Austin said, I respect that they stuck pretty darn close to the true story like i don't i mean almost everything in the movie 
you find out in the documentary was actually something that happened. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, it wasn't real twisty or turny. It was pretty straightforward, but it kept my attention. And, yeah, I thought it was pretty good overall. Yeah. Didn't love it, but I didn't, you know, wasn't bad either. Yeah, there was enough bizarreness in this uh, real life story where they didn't have to throw too much Hollywood drama in there. Yeah, it wasn't necessary. The director did a good job of keeping you captivated without, you know, making it too over the top or, or adding too much other stuff to it. So. Trent, you going to give us a 1 through 10? Hmm. He doesn't like to be put on the spot. Mm. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give another 6.5. 6.5. Yeah. Right. I know. We'll That's take tough. that. Worth the watch, though, I think. Worth, worth the, the watch. watch. Not anything watch. I would probably watch again, <laughs> but worth the watch to learn the story. And like I said, the acting was good. So, yeah. Mr. Tarnitz. I mean, decent um, all around. Didn't blow me out of the water. Uh, didn't blow me in the water. Uh, it didn't blow me at all. So, yeah, I mean, oh, overall. Two out of ten. No blowing. <laughs> it really blew. Hey, the way that's that a good was. review. This movie does not blow. Typically, it's so, so it really, like... Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a stinger. No, it was it was a good movie overall. The acting was solid. The drama was there. Uh, I also oh, agree. No, you're fine. I keep putting my giant feet in everybody's way. I don't know why. Sixteen to, canoes. Fuck you. It's two fucking <laughs> battle chips. Uh, dude, I. I'm also going six point five. I agree with Trent. It's wow. a solid movie. I would not <laughs> I was gonna give a six point seven, but I didn't want to be that dude again. Uh, I thought it was it was a great watch. I loved how true it stayed to the story. I agree with you guys. Like, it was very very close to the original story, and I know they tweaked a few things, but uh, yeah, I, I thought overall it was a it was a solid one one and done for me. Uh, I would I would like, like Trent. I would never you, watch it the again. women you see. <laughs> well, they don't use the word solid one and done. They just say one and never again. <laughs> Did you also think while watching it that there was stuff that you're watching and you're like, okay, they probably glorified that for the movie. And then you watch the documentary and you're I like, did. oh shit, that was real. Yeah. Like the. Because I was like, there's no way that he was using this machine the whole time. And these, these many hospitals let him get away with this shit. And then I watched the documentary and they're like, so here's all the hospitals yeah. that let him get away with well, that shit. In fact, it was even worse Actually, than the documentary. That, yeah. The fact, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I said. I was like, that's real. That, and then the part where the detectives are interviewing Amy and the boss leaves the room. I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. made up for the movie. And then they oh, said the documentary. Oh, how She leaves the room and he showed me the paperwork. I was like, oh, shit, that really happened. So, right. like, because in the, the movie, stuff, too, they leave out the whole part about the poison control center telling the hospital you need to get the True, police and that was very yeah. important for the story, which it didn't really necessarily need to make it into the movie, and I'm okay with that. Here's here's one thing about the movie that really annoyed me, and it wasn't even that big of a deal. Just, I like to pick at things sometimes. We know that. Uh, the police show up to Amy's house, and she's like, oh, I can't talk about such and such. They're like, who? And then they start talking about that, and they're like... All right, well, you really need to help us, and then they leave. I was like, are they going to explain what the fuck they came there for in the first place? Yeah, I think that was another discrepancy, too, because I don't remember reading anything in the real story about the police actually coming to her house. house like a, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of another part. I think you're thinking of another there part. There was a part in the documentary where the police were at her house and the boss called, and the boss was like, don't talk to the police, oh, but they yeah, were already yeah, there. Yeah. But that may have been a different... Well, was that at her house? Well, she, yeah, I think so, because she said her phone rang, and she answered it, and it was that Mary Lund, which was Can her boss. Can her phone not ring in a police station? 
When, uh, this was 2003, <laughs> sir. When 2003? <laughs> they still had cell phones in 2003. Yeah. <laughs> you were like 12. <laughs> yeah, man. We was all walking around with the they Razor were, Verizon bulky, flip phones. They were bulky, though. They were bulky. But I, pre- no, I am pretty sure she said it was her home. That was back when but you I had to call was... me after 9 o'clock because it was free. Or any time on the weekend, my friend. That's right. Back in the good old days. Yeah, don't you dare call me. Don't you dare call me at 8.50 p.m. because you're going to get hung up on. I'm going to tell you, call me back. Call me back in 10 minutes. (laughs) You know better. Didn't know you back then, but I I remember that. If you did, would you at least invited him to your wedding? Yeah, Trent. In a non-COVID year? Yes. (laughs) Non-COVID? There were still other people there. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He thought you were going to bring COVID. Wow. In in other words, He thought you were bringing it (laughs) In a non-COVID year. My plus one, COVID. (laughs) Nice try, Will. Take it up with my wife. She dominated the guest list. She thought I was invited, so clearly she expected you to invite me. She She knew damn well Trent wouldn't invite She specifically said, don't invite Will. (laughs) (laughs) You think Trent was invited? Like, invited you? Jensen, you've been called out. We have to have a serious talk now next time I see you. It's getting a little personal now. I don't think anybody uh, would argue against you. To reel us back in real quick, I'll just say, (laughs) myself... I enjoyed the movie because I love true crime anyways, and I felt like this movie was really well done. It's a different story than what we're used to talking about, a different kind of killer, and I just thought it was overall fascinating. The cast to me was really good. Shout out to Malik Yoba, too. Who? Malik Ooh. Yoba. Malik Nobody Yogurt? knows him. Malik, Malik Yoba. Yoba. Okay. So yeah, I, see. I say, don't disappoint me. Who? He was the he was chief in, in the police station. I know him from two things. Okay. Cool here, Runnings. Here yep. Go. New York Undercover. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. He was the chief in the police station, black ball guy. Racist, but all right. I mean, it's true. (laughs) Is it racist? (laughs) He's black and bald. I don't get offended when somebody says that. I'm like, just like... (laughs) The black guy. It fucking skews you? (laughs) We don't say black anymore. (laughs) Canceled. That being said, I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid eight. Eight. I'd also, Ooh, eight. eight. That's me. Nice, I'd also like to recommend to our listeners if you've seen the movie and you're still interested interested in the story, watch uh, the documentary capturing the killer nurse. It's also very well. We're con- like we're each week we well always done. talk about a movie, and you always say if you've if you haven't seen the movie, why would they come here if they haven't seen this? Because hey. it's a true crime I story have, as well. People are crazy. Have, okay, but we do movies. You here. don't have to see the movie in order to know the story. Yeah, but we only talk about movies for like five minutes at the end usually. But we talk about movies well, and the true. episode's usually labeled can, off the movie. Can they find the documentary on Netflix as well? Yeah, right? it'll suggest it to you right after you watch it. I think they both it. came out like the exact same time, didn't they? They were no. both from like last year. Actually, it's probably true. I'm just yeah. I'm not sure about the movie. I know the documentary just came out. Around Halloween time last That's year. That's when the movie came out. I think they so, both, yeah, yeah, right around the same time. They were packaged in. On Netflix. Go watch it. We're going to yeah. start making a habit on this podcast of telling people where they can watch the movie so they can mm-hmm. watch along and then come back and listen to us, hopefully. Yeah. Open ourselves up for chances for more sponsors. Sweet. <laughs> like old he says more sponsors. He means anything. You don't have Netflix? <laughs> Message Wells. He'll give you his account. Info. Old Smokey is a sponsor of ours. They just don't know it yet. Brought to you by... Uh, also known nobody. as... <laughs> Not a goddamn soul. <laughs> If you, you so us, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, if you want to sponsor us, comment right now. Negative, in. we don't have sponsors. I'm, I'm, I'm being realistic. I like to think they're thinking about it, old Smokey. Hey. If you love this show and you want it to survive, sponsor oh, us. Come on. 
Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Patreon, we've talked about that for like over a year and a half now. We still I'm it. sorry. Hey, Hold on a actually, second. You never told me this was called Menage It's called Menage Wait, whoa, bro, bro. No, Hold on a second. There's four of us, so I'll leave. You guys enjoy that. There's five of us, bro. Hey, well, hey what uh, are the requirements for being a sponsor? Because Austin catched some real estate brokers. Oh, oh, what are the uh, fucking odds? <laughs> drop the lid in your in cup. In the cup. Did I hear correctly? Is Austin like going to sponsor this podcast? This might be... Yeah, the start of a beautiful friendship. The start of a beautiful thing. You gotta put that money somewhere that it can just, you know, you gotta invest a little bit. Uh, Breaking news (laughs) this podcast is sponsored by Austin Ketchum, real estate broker, servicing Southern Indiana. You could put our logo on each one of your like listings or your little signs in front of the house. Yeah, man. Yeah. Go back and listen to our episode on the Amityville Horror to hear his thoughts on haunted houses that he wants to sell you. <laughs> and I won't it. disclose. Yeah, this is what an actual menage a trois tastes like. <laughs> you can count me the motherfucker out. <laughs> Wait, you don't like it? Not... Wait, you said try it. I thought you were saying like try it. It's not too bad. Then I tried it. You're like, yeah, it's not good, is it? It's not great. You wanted me to suffer with you, didn't you? Damn right. We should all suffer the way Charlie, the way Charles Colin is suffering in prison right it's now. It's not good. So. Hope he suffers the worst suffering that so, a person could possibly suffer. So watch before, the movie The Good Nurse. Do not drink Menage a Trois the wine. That's right. <laughs> and before bad. we wrap up, bad. let's give another shout out to our special guest, Austin. Wh- what do you do and where can people find you? You're a real estate agent. <sighs> I you am. sell houses, both murder and non-murder houses. Yeah, whether, Haunted, not Whether haunted. there's been a whole family murdered in there or not, I will I will sell you a family house. Two family is six. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Just yep. remember, folks. Houses have no memories. Houses have no memories, but Austin Ketchum, real estate broker. <laughs> we'll stick um, with you for a lifetime. You know, <laughs> stick with you. We'll always remember you. You'll always remember Absolutely. And Austin Ketchum, realties. So, Austin, if I wanted to buy a house, murder or non-murder, from you, uh, where would I go? So, Austin Ketchum. That's Austin, K-E-T-C-H-A-M.com. Got to catch them all. Got, got, you got to catch them all. Um, or you can just call or text 812-592-4986. So I pretty much service all of Southern Indiana. But um, yeah, yep. Yeah, <laughs> and he sells a house on the side, too. <laughs> it may or may not be related to John Ketchum. To John Ketchum. Possible Ketchum. future episode <laughs> John, subject. John, hey, man. I wish, all you I wish we could have kind of dove a little bit further into John Ketchum, man. But I'm um, that's a, it's a story for another day, man. But I appreciate you guys having me on here. I love true crime. I love this shit. So happy to have um, you. Whether you're committing or researching or hey, man, discussing, it's just helping me with my tactics, man. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're gonna go ahead and end this, and I uh, just want everybody out there to remember when it comes to Charles Collin, fuck that guy. Fuck uh, that guy. guy. That's right. Fuck that guy. For the Horror You Know podcast, I'm Ian. I'm Ian. I'm Austin. And I'm Trent. And I got to cancel my doctor appointment. I'm freaked out now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can Aren't go. Aren't you getting that? Cancel your doctor soon? appointment, <laughs> but don't cancel us for the things that Ian Schwartz says online. Sorry, guys. <laughs>